All around the world, poverty is stealing choices from kids. It's time to give those choices back. Introducing Chosen, World Vision's new invitation to sponsorship. For the first time, kids have the power to choose their own sponsors. Now the choice is theirs. The choice to take hold of their future and even the choice to step into a life-changing relationship with you. Learn more at worldvision.org slash chosen. Hey guys, welcome back to an all new episode of SHMG Podcast. I'm your host, Kashawn Milligan, and I'm super excited for you to come to the place where you are reminded that you are saved, healed, made, and graced by God. I'm super excited for this episode. If you're following me on any of my social media platforms, rather it is on my personal Instagram at Case Keys or on the podcast Instagram at SHNG Pod, then you've seen a recent post that I did in relation to intervening in someone's walk with Christ. I wanted to come by and talk about this a little bit more. I felt like a post on social media just wouldn't do. We needed a full on episode. So I am titling this episode for the well-intended. Yep, for the well-intended. Maybe that's you. I definitely know at a lot of points in my life, it definitely was me. And I've also encountered so many people that had so many well and good intentions, but I didn't really understand the difference between being well-intended and then being godly convicted. So I wanted to come by and talk a little bit about this. When I shared on my Instagram page, I had said that I had really gotten myself into some into some tough spots with people all in the name of being good intended. You know, when you mean well, when you really want to help, when you really feel like, oh my goodness, I need to do something. So you do something. And then the something that you choose to do, either A, isn't well received, two, is misunderstood, three, then it ends up coming and backlashing or, you know, hitting you upside the head and you're trying to figure out how did you get hit over the head after being well intended. Well, for the longest time, I didn't fully understand, one, how my good intentions just weren't translating. Or I was really asking God, like, I I feel bothered. Like, I feel as though I really need to dig in there and do something. You know, you've given me a gift of discernment. You've given me the ability to really, you know, impart into people's lives. I I know that my purpose is in relation to drawing people closer to you. So when I see someone that's far in the distance or maybe missing it, I want to intervene. I want to interject. And I didn't fully understand that just because you have good intentions doesn't mean that you necessarily have a godly conviction. So I was in a, in a situation recently to where I was connected to a group of people that were really battling something that they were, I don't want to use the word plagued, but there was a problem that it came up and Um, Everyone was talking about it in the group and I wasn't directly connected to it, but I was indirectly connected to it because I knew the people in which they were 
being afflicted with this problem. So, you know, I was I was a little bit apprehensive on, you know, inserting myself because I've done that before and I've inserted myself in situations in which I did not have, you know, the the permission or the authority, if you will, to inject myself. So I really just asked God, like, you know, what's my role in this? You know, and I want to bring that question to you because I'm curious to know the last time that you've inserted yourself in someone's life and coached them or encouraged them or tried to advise them, did you first ask God, what's your role in this person's life or in this particular situation in this person's life? Maybe you are called to, you know, lead this person or help this person you know, meet God in a mighty way, but this particular situation does not require you to, you know, stick your toe in, your foot, your hand, or definitely not your mouth. Like maybe that is not what the assignment is for you at this very moment. So when I asked God, what's my role in this? He responded back with one word. Isn't it funny that when you're in the middle of like having a major, you know, issue, if you will, or really wanting to hear from God and then he responds back with one word. (laughs) So when I asked him what my role was, he responded and said, intercede. Now, this is not my first time hearing this terminology, Right. This is not my first time, you know, hearing someone say I'm interceding on your behalf, you know, or telling you to, you know, it's time for you to intercede on their behalf. Like I grew up in a household who had a praying God mom who was constantly intercessing for me and my God brothers and sisters. That is kind of like when I really understood the power of having people around you that knew how to pray. And under, and that and that was my understanding of it. Like, yeah, intercede. They're praying on your behalf. But when I heard God say this to me, I felt a need to go back and really research and understand a little bit more deeply what the definition was. So, for those of you who may not know and do not have a dictionary handy and do not want to use your hands because you're driving and we want you to be safe, to look it up. Intercede means intervene on behalf of another. Okay, so I love this because it really, really makes you think like, okay, I am intervening on behalf of someone else. Meaning, you know, I'm getting involved in a situation that realistically doesn't necessarily have to do with me, but I'm volunteering myself to go in to help them in this situation. Now, with that being said, then you would think that every time that there's a situation that arises, then you should intercede, that you should intervene on the behalf of another. But if you've lived long enough, if you lived past high school, then you already know after teenage years that you are not always wanting to intervene in other people's business. Can I get an amen? Sometimes 
you don't want to deal with it. Or sometimes you're not supposed to get in the midst of the drama. I will never forget like, you know, when you when you're like younger and there's always the, the gossip in the school and and you're trying to figure out, Lord, please don't let it be about me. You know, and when you find out that it's not about you, maybe this is not your testimony, but it is mine. I'll just be transparent. When I found out that it wasn't about me, I was totally fine that other people were having the drama. Like I wanted to get the answers. Who said what? Who said what about who? As long as it wasn't that they said that about me and I wasn't accused of saying that about someone else. I was totally fine of it just being a whole cluster of a situation. So now being an adult, I recognize that, you know, the strife and confusion and the dissension and the division that will go on you know, wasn't really helpful, but it also wasn't really, you know, mirroring what God wanted our relationships to be with one another. He didn't want us just to get together to gossip about the next person. He didn't want us to get together to intervene, but really just become nosy and to, you know, you throw fire on the flame, if you will, when someone else is in the midst of something that's really problematic or having trouble with a specific situation. So now being older, I understand that there's a certain delicacy to intervening and there's a certain discipline when interceding. So when I really started thinking about what that meant to me, and I'll just read to you what my post was, just in case if you didn't see it, I said, I've gotten myself in some some tough spots with people all in a name of having good intentions. I didn't fully grasp the difference between meaning well and having permission to intervene in someone's personal walk with Christ. Now having wisdom and a deeper understanding of intercession, when I'm bothered or feel a need to intervene, I first ask God, what's my role? Being an intercessor requires a leading of the Holy Spirit, or shall I say a godly conviction. Don't let your good intentions overshadow a godly conviction. What I have learned over the years is that it is imperative that when it gets into the seriousness and the substance of someone's personal decisions in their walk with Christ, When people are in forks at the road and they have to make certain decisions, and rather that is with a significant other, a relationship, a relocation, a spouse, how in which they respond to someone, you know, guiding them through a season of of turmoil or, you know, hurt or grief or tragedy. It's really important that we as believers that we do intercede on their behalf. But before you intercede, it's really important to ask yourself, do you have a godly conviction on intervening into this person's life? It's really important to ask yourself the question, because, see, this is the thing. You can get bothered by other people's burdens, especially when you're sensitive to other people and you have empathy for what they're going through. It's very, very easy to get boggled down by what someone else is bothered by. But just because you become bothered does not mean that you necessarily need to insert yourself. So the first thing that you need to do is first go to God. 
recognize that there is something on the inside of you that is bothered. And you go to God first because it's important to check your own emotions before you then try to impart any type of wisdom, any type of, you know, direction or advice to someone else or your opinion. Good God, there's so many of those going out there. You really want to make sure that if you are going to intercede and interject that you first gone to God first and ask him the question. Now, for me, at that point in time, at the example I gave you, the question that I asked is, God, what's my role? But sometimes, if I'll be honest, I'll ask God, why am I bothered? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you're bothered not because you're supposed to intervene in the other person's life, but because God wants you to deal with those issues that you have been battling yourself. And that person's scenario has now triggered emotions that want you to dive in, jump in, throw a life raft and save them from what you may feel like them going off of a cliff. And God is saying, you're trying to save them from going off of a cliff, but I'm trying to try. I'm trying for you to recognize that you're still holding on to the cliff of 10 years ago. You're on the side of the cliff holding on for dear life. And he wants to deliver you from your own despair. So sometimes you don't need to intercede on someone's behalf first. Sometimes you just need to recognize like, God, I'm bothered. Do I have areas of unforgiveness? Do I have areas of bitterness and guilt and shame? Am I challenged with insecurity? And I now want to, you know, throw my insecurities on someone else and in all of my good intentions say to myself, oh, I'm just trying to help the other person. Because sometimes very naively we can say that. Sometimes unbeknownst to ourselves, we can say, well, I'm just doing it to help someone else. Like, I really feel like I'm supposed to help them. And God is saying, but I've been trying to help you deal with this thing. It bothered you some type of way that made you want to leap and jump and scream because there's an area and a part of you in which you can relate to that person. There's an area of you that hasn't been fully healed and I want to heal that part of you. So when it goes into interceding, when it goes into intervening, in layman's terms, get in another people's business. If you do not have a godly conviction to invade that person's space and to start speaking to their heart, then you should say nothing to them but say everything to God. Have a full-on conversation with God. Sometimes it's not for the other person. Family, sometimes it's for you. I can't tell you how many times I feel as though, ooh, God, ooh, ooh, I need to say it. I need to say it. And now I have learned when I get that inkling, that feeling, like I feel as though that I have an angst, if you will. 
I'm bothered. I have an angst. Like there, there's anxiety that's come over me. I first recognize that anxiety is a spirit of fear. There is something that I am battling and my anxiety and irritation is not someone else's problem. And I do not want to dilute or connect my own issues to someone else's issues because then that defeats the pur- purpose of me even imparting into their life. Because now I'm trying to impart what I'm battling, my issues. And that's selfish. That's not well-intended. That's not good intentions. That is, that is a selfish motive. That is an insecure motive. That's an area in which God wants to deliver you out of. He wants to remind you that you are healed by the blood. He wants to remind you that you are made in the image of my son. He wants you to remind you of SHMG. You are saved. You are healed. You are made and you are grace. And you need to walk in that and you need to believe that wholeheartedly in order to then relay that message to someone else. So I really wanted to come by because I really just wanted to check in with you all. And I wanted to see, you know, when's the last time that you've asked God the question, what's my role in this? When's the last time you ask God the question, why am I bothered? And then there's the other aspect of it. It's the other aspect of, man, you know. I can't imagine being back, you know, in in the times of, you know, the Philistines and the time of, you know, the Pharisees and and people that were in bondage, bondage, you know, before Moses went and freed, you know, the slaves. You know, I can't imagine how many people will walk past and be like, oh, my goodness, this bothers me. Right. I can't believe that Moses is the only one who felt that it was wrong and wanted to do something. I don't believe it's just one person that sees injustice, that sees bondage and doesn't want to, you know, blow the whistle, stop it, interject, intervene. Don't do it. No, this is enough. But not everyone had the same godly conviction that Moses did. I mean, you have to have a godly conviction to go over to Pharaoh with a whole staff and be like, look, 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 you got to let God's people go. That that is what's happening today. Now, I'm going to lay down my staff. And when I tell you what's about to happen here is going to be something that blows your whole mind. You at the end of this going to want to let my people go. I don't want to have to keep coming back to you to have the same conversation about the fact that God said to let his people go. Moses had a conviction. A godly conviction to intervene, not just to intercede, intercede, but he had a a conviction to go and, and go call to act. I say that because that's the next part that a lot of people miss. There's an intercession piece. 
when you are, you know, praying on behalf of another person. But then sometimes after you pray, God will give you instructions on something else to follow up with. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's a severing. You know, maybe it's he is increasing your standard that does not allow you to let certain things slide in that relationship anymore. Maybe he is, you know, forcing you to increase your level of holiness, of sanctification, because you can't go and try to save someone else from things that they're battling if you are still struggling and on a similar level. So sometimes there needs to be a certain level of a separation. So he will call to act and maybe that goes in a, in a, in a period of a fast. Well, he's creating a distance between you and your, your flesh and him. Maybe there is a separation that occurs. So after you go to God and, and you begin to intercede, the next thing usually is a call to action. Okay, I intercede God. And then what do I do? I say this because in the beginning when I was telling you about my particular scenario that I had when I said I asked him the question, God, what's my role? And he responded back with the one word, intercede. I was like, okay, God, I can do that. I will do that, intercede. And then I went back to God, not with a, a question per se, but I told him a dilemma that I was having. Like, I'm totally fine with interceding. But my next statement that I said to him was, I have a, a struggle with being able to be soft. I have an issue with being able to be soft. How do I, in this period of interceding, how do I really start being able to be patient with the process as I'm interceding? I need help being able to have grace for someone else as they're going through this process. And that's when he reminded the same grace that you were given. The same grace that I gave you, I want you to give others. The same grace that you received from so many people that interceded on your behalf is the same grace that you're going to be able to give someone else. This is not going to be a problem for you. This is a process for you. Intercede and walk out SHMG. Remind yourself on a daily basis that you are saved, that you are healed, that you are made, that you are graced by me. And when you start saying those things out loud, when you start declaring those things for yourself, then it makes it a lot easier sometimes to declare for someone else. When you believe that you are saved by his son, that you are healed by the blood, that you are made in his image and that you are graced by God, you can do anything through Christ. 
It gives you a confidence to speak those words and to speak life into someone else and to declare them in the midst of chaos, in the midst of doubt, in the midst of division, in the midst of strife, in the midst of grief. You can say it without hesitation. Family, this is intercession. This is a godly conviction. It's our job as believers to intercede on the behalf of others. But it is the edification of our spirit that allows us to fully understand and walk out in the fullness of how God intended us to do this. To be able to do it in a way in which we are not hesitant, that we are not hopeless. That we are clear, that we are confident, and that we have been convicted. I'm not just well-intended. I have Godly's conviction beside me and behind me and in front of me, all around me. That's what I want you to see. I don't want you to say, oh, she means well. She meant well. Don't you, don't you hate that once, you know, when someone says it, it kind of like you give them a pass a little bit. You say, oh, she meant well. Oh, she's so sweet. She meant well, but it blew up right in her face. Oh, she meant well, but it didn't land how she intended. But this is the thing. I don't want it to be based on what my intentions are. I want it to be based on what my convictions are. So then you have to ask yourself, have you been convicted? Have you been convicted to be a follower of Jesus? Have you been convicted that you are filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you been convicted that Jesus is the one and only true God, period? What is your conviction? What is your role here? I'm bothered with anything that goes against those convictions. I'm not well-intended. I need you to say it out loud right now. I'm not well-intended. There's a lot of people that don't believe in the Lord that are well-intended. You have to be able to separate yourself from the well-intended. I'm not well-intended. I'm godly convicted. I don't want you to tell me that I'm well-intended because that means that I am basing my decisions off of what you think is well. That based on your emotions and your level of understanding, you want to go ahead and give me a pass because you say I was well-intended. And if I needed your validation, then that would be enough for me. And that's part of the problem. Some of us really just want others to say, oh, he or she meant well. Oh, he or she really tried. I don't want to just try. I want to speak truth. I don't want to just try. I want to be clear on what I'm saying. I'm not well-intended. I'm godly convicted. I need you to say it. I need you to believe it. Do you believe it? Because if you believe it, then it makes it so much clearer and easier to be able to go into these rooms, to have these conversations, to pray to God and ask him, what is my role? What is my role? to intercede, 
to intercede on behalf of your friends, of your family, of your brothers and sisters and cousins and grandmas, to intercede on behalf of the woman that you don't know at the grocery store that you've never spoke to, but you hear God say, pray for her. And then when he says, pray for her, he then may say, oh, and buy her groceries. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to be well-intended. I did it because I was godly convicted. I need you to understand this family because this is where it gets deep. This is where we really start identifying who not only hears from God, but who is actually doing what they heard. You just can't be a hearer of the word. You got to be a doer of the word. You can't just hear God say, pray for her, and then you don't do it. You can't just hear God say, forgive him, and then you don't do it. You can't just hear God. God say not right now and then say well I kind of gonna wait but not really I'm gonna say I'm gonna wait on Instagram but behind the scenes I'm pushing and pressing out of order you have to be godly convicted you need to stand in that conviction you need to say that you are saved you are healed you are made and you are graced family I am so excited that you tuned in for this episode because I really feel like this is a life-changing episode. This is a transformation that is happening right now as you're listening into this podcast. This was for people who really was intrigued by being well-intended. And then while they're listening to this podcast, you just became convicted. You just were reminded that you've been saved, that you've been healed, that you've been made, that you've been graced. And not only have you just been reminded, then you remembered in this moment what God has spoken over you, the instructions that he has given you, that you have sat down, that you right now need to pick it back up. You've been convicted on things that he's told you to walk away from during quarantine. And now that we're back out trying to get back to normal, you've dove right back into those things. You have been convicted in a way in which you cannot go back to doing things the way that you did them before, before you listen. And that is the point. That is the purpose. I'm so proud of you, family. I am praying for you. I am interceding as God convicts me to. How about that? I'm praying for you when he tells me to. And right now we're going to close this out in prayer, God, for every single person that's listening to this podcast, Lord. For every single person that just happened to either stumble upon it, it was not by mistake. And for every person that's been tuning in for every single episode just to get to this very one, I pray that they hear your voice right now, Lord God, that they feel a peace in their spirit spirit as they're listening to this podcast, Lord God, that they are now saying, God, I just don't want to be well-intended, Lord. I want to be convicted. I want to be convicted by the Holy Spirit, Lord God. I want to be reminded constantly, daily that I am saved, healed, made in grace, Lord God. I want people to look at me and not just say I'm well-intended. I want them to remember me as godly convicted. 
Lord, I ask as we go throughout our week and we go throughout our weekend, Lord God, that we remember these words, Lord God, that we ask these questions, that we desire to have a deeper relationship with you to better understand what it means to intercede on someone's behalf, to better understand when I need to go into a season of intercession, Lord God, I ask that you just rise us up in a new way, that you elevate us to new depths and to, into higher heavens, Lord God, that we are able to receive your understanding, your love and your mercy in a way in which it just pours out of us onto your children, Lord God. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this episode. I thank you for this opportunity to speak to the hearts of your children, Lord God. Thank you in your son's mighty name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, family. I love you so, so, so much. I pray this episode blesses you. I want you to tune in next Thursday right here back with the all new episode of SHMG. And if you're not already already subscribed to the podcast, please make sure that you do. You want to get alerted. You want to stay up to date on all things SHMG. Make sure that you are following us on our Instagram page at SHMG Pod and our Twitter at SHMG Pod. I can't wait to hear all the praise reports. I can't wait to hear all the things that God has convicted you on and how you're just moving forward and all the things that he's telling you to do. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great week. I love you. All around the world, poverty is stealing choices from kids. It's time to give those choices back. Introducing Chosen, World Vision's new invitation to sponsorship. For the first time, kids have the power to choose their own sponsors. Now the choice is theirs. The choice to take hold of their future. And even the choice to step into a life-changing relationship with you. Learn more at worldvision.org chosen. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.